Welcome to the Marginalia Daily Readings Podcast. While we are unable to get together as often as we'd like, we're using this podcast for the pastors and staff at New City to reflect on and apply some of our daily Bible reading. You can always find our readings and prayers at www.newcitycincy.org slash readings dash prayers. That's newcitycincy.org readings backslash and then readings dash prayers. Today is Wednesday, March 18th, 2020, and our scripture readings for the day are Psalm 126, Genesis 45, 16 to 28, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and Mark 6, verses 13 to 29. I'm Josh Rotano, one of the pastors here at New City, and glad to be with you. Genesis 45 is part of the wonderful narrative about Joseph and his brothers and God's providence. That whole Joseph cycle in Genesis is really wonderful and worth you taking some time to read and think about. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 is St. Paul sorting out the essential Christian beliefs and practices from other ones that may be more secondary or tertiary. And he says, show mercy uh, on those secondary and tertiary beliefs to, she says, to the weaker brother, try not to cause them to stumble. Always remember that while knowledge puffs up, it's love that builds up. And then Mark 6 tells us about the death of John the Baptist, a story that ought to be sort of the end of the prosperity gospel if we were to take it seriously. There's someone, John the Baptist, who courageously did what God asked him to do, told the truth. And rather than find prosperity, he got his head on a platter. Sometimes God's call following it can be very costly. But I want to think for just a couple of moments uh, today on Psalm 126. And if you've been coming to New City for a while, um, more than likely you've sung this psalm with us, a song we call Although We Are Weeping. You can go search for it uh, anywhere where you buy music by Bifrost Arts, Psalm 126, beautiful song. But the psalm is about captivity and release. And that whole idea, captivity and release, is part of Israel's history. It's etched into their history. Uh, There was their slavery in Egypt, of course, but then there's also other episodes, the northern kingdom of Israel being conquered by Assyria, the southern kingdom of Judah, later conquered by Babylon, people carried off into captivity. And then by the time you get to the New Testament, it's the occupying power, the Roman Empire. And so this whole idea of, uh, of captivity and then eventually God's release, renewal, rescue is part of the story. And so the first half of the psalm, Psalm 126, seems to be remembering God's work to them in the past, God's rescue in the past. Verse 1 says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. The experience is happiness and relief. Verse 2, Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. It's joy, happiness at God's redeeming work. Continuing on, then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. So the story of this rescue goes even beyond God's covenant people. Whether it was from famine or siege, captivity or plague, their rescue was miraculous and widely talked about. Gave God glory. And part of what we do in worship is that, right? We remember God's work to us, just like those first three verses of Psalm 126. We retell the story of God's salvation. And we look particularly 
in our case, where we stand in history, we look particularly to Jesus' work of rescue, his life, his death, his resurrection. And we remember, we remember it in our songs and our confession and our assurance. As we always come to the Lord's Supper and our worship together, we remember the great rescue that has been wrought for us in Jesus Christ. But then, right, this psalm reminds us that we're to put that knowledge to use. We don't just remember joyfully what God has done for us in the past, but now we use that information as a way to deal with the challenges we have going forward in life. The Old Testament commentator Derek Kidner says, memory, so far from slipping into nostalgia, now gives us the impetus to hope. Right? The memory is not about nostalgia, just what God's done in the past, but now it gives us the impetus to hope. It leads us to the prayer. That's the second half of the psalm. Verse 4, restore our fortunes, O Lord. Restore us, O Lord. And isn't that a good prayer for us right now? As we think about how destabilizing things seem to be, whether it's the economy, the healthcare system, our normal routines. Right? Maybe for you it's your job that seems out of whack. I'm sure your normal comings and goings are not normal. Maybe it's your health that you're worried about. We pray, restore us, O Lord. Restore our fortunes, O Lord. We know you've rescued us before, God. You can do it again. And then the psalm gives us two images for this kind of renewal. Verse 4, he says, like streams in the Negev. The Negev was a desert, right? It was an arid place. So streams there would be sudden. They'd be miraculous. They would be a sheer gift from heaven. When God moves, you know, there can be something like this, a dramatic downpour of God's grace. But then verses 5 and 6 give us another picture. You might say it's a complementary picture. Sometimes God's rescue does look like the dramatic watering of a desert place, but sometimes God's grace in our life looks like the slow work of farming. Verse 5, those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Sowing and reaping, going out to bear the seed, only later to reap the harvest. That's the long, hard work of farming. And sometimes God's grace coming into our lives, the renewal that he brings, looks like that. And so listen, friends, as we pray, about the things that are going on in the world, we do so in hope. We've seen God move. We can look to the past. Most clearly, we can look to what He's done in Jesus Christ. And we can pray for miraculous change, like streams in the desert, that God would change this situation overnight. It's good for us to pray that way, brothers and sisters. But it's also good to know that God's answer, while sure as the seasons, might also look more like the hard one planting and renewal of farming. And so a question for reflection for you, how can you pray for God's grace to come to us during this unusual season? And then who can you recruit to come alongside and pray with you? We want this podcast to create discussion to help you connect with others. So call a friend, chat with your spouse, text you know, someone in from your community group, talk to a roommate to keep this conversation going. And thinking about that hard work of sowing and reaping, Let's remember all of our medical professionals, so many that we have at New City and, of course, others around our city and around the world as well. I want to pray as our closing prayer, this prayer from a London hospital in the 1940s. Almighty God, who did send your Son into the world 
to heal our hurts of body, mind, and soul. We pray to, that you would bless the work of all hospitals, especially those now caring for your people. Give to all workers therein patience and skill, faithfully to fulfill their calling. We commend to you all sufferers committed to their care, praying thee to still their pain, to relieve their anxiety, to companion their loneliness, and bid them cast their cares upon you, since underneath are your everlasting arms. Amen. If you think this would be helpful to friends or family, please share this podcast with them and encourage them to subscribe.